Hey there, Yoprono audience. I have a question for you all today. How many of you have been told your entire life to always keep your resume updated? Now, how many of you have actually kept your resume updated? Is your resume collecting cobwebs somewhere in the back of a notebook that you kept in college? Before I got involved in any of this work with Yoprono, mine certainly was. If any of this sounds like you as well, it might be time for you to see a pro. Luckily for you, we actually know one. Stacy Mailer should be a familiar face for those of you who watched her story with us on our podcast and video series a couple of months back. She owns her own company, Next Level Career Coach, and has an array of services for you to check out. When you use any of her services, you'll actually get a 10% discount when you say you're a part of the Yoprono audience, which I'm very excited to offer. So what are you waiting for? Your resume is definitely waiting on you. Hey there, everyone. It's Camber here with the Yopro No. Thank you for joining us today. We are here with Troy Bravenbor, 34-year-old CEO of Brave Freight, and we'll get all into the details of that shortly. Um, but first, we want to just mention that one of our previous interviewees, Samir, actually connected us with Troy, um, and the two met at a business coaching center, um, kind of like an innovation group that you can, of course, mention today, Troy, if you feel inclined. Um, and Troy is coming to us from Tampa. So Troy, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, Miss Camber, awesome. Uh, you know, it's an honor to be able to, to hang out with you a little bit and, and talk to your community. Thank you for trusting me to speak into the people that listen to you. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, Troy, let's get started with a brief background. So, you know, be as concise as possible. Talk about where you're from, um, you know, kind of where you started off in your career and where you currently are. And then we'll really dive into those details. Yeah, sure. So I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So sure. I grew up in northern New Jersey. I was a snowboarding kid, uh, you know, hectic little uh, young life in my teenage years, you know, just a bunch of nonsense. And then uh, 19 years old, I had a radical encounter with God. I gave my life to Jesus. And I started going to a Bible school here in Florida, which is a whole miraculous story. And that's where I got, um, you know, basically uh, into the world of door-to-door -door sales and direct sales. Mm -hmm. And I started to kind of learn that you can make more money with your time than somebody else if you're not trading dollars for hours, right? So it's just this whole concept of I can be better at something than somebody else and make more than the average person by selling, right? So I really just got kind of engulfed in this, in this idea of, of uh, you know, you know, uh, working for profits instead of wages. And then, uh, but the whole time I still had a desire to have my own business and not work for somebody else, right? Like you can make a lot of money being in sales, but you still don't own it, right? There's no long-term equity potential in what it is that you're doing. So I always had this desire to have a business. Um, long and the short of it is we, me and my wife went into ministry for two years. And while we were in ministry, we basically were introduced to a couple of people and I started a trucking company, which would be about as odd as Camber starting a peacock selling business from right. her uh, interview blog. Like trucking right. had nothing to do with what I was doing. And yeah. um, but one thing led to the other. I was able to create a model that really just made sense for me and really solved the need for the community. And, um, you know, kind of connections, connections. And it became about like, hey, this business is a way for me to travel and make money. And then it really became about like, wow, I've really got my hands on something that I can scale, really serve a lot of American people, a lot of the people of this country. And, uh, you know, we can really make a difference in this generation. And that's where we are now. Wow. Well, thank you for that uh, Reader's Digest. It's perfect. Just nice, concise uh, <laughs> overview. Um, tell us a little bit more about that timeline. So you, when were you in ministry and then sure. when did you shift into yeah. you know, starting your own company? 
Yeah, no, so good question. That's always fun to, to hear. So um, 19 years old is when I moved from up. So I grew up in New Jersey, moved to upstate New York, Rochester area. So if you know what a garbage plate is, they're awesome. So if not, go to Rochester. Um, and so I moved from Rochester to Tampa, Florida at 19. That's when I really started to get involved in door-to-door -door sales. And I did door-to-door -door sales from 19 till I think about 25-ish. And I was doing making good money, you know. I mean, I would work four months out of the year and take mm -hmm. eight months of the year off. It was a summer sales program and uh, was in the uh -huh. top yeah, yeah, it was real nice. Yeah, we were, um, you know, I was in the top, I think, 10% of the company producers. And um, so I did that until I was about 25. And then I think I went into, uh, that's when I went into, okay, 27. I got married when I was 25. And 27, I think, which was 2000. And I'll tell you the year is 2013 and 14 is when we did full-time mm -hmm. ministry. And I started my business in 2013 for Brave Freight. Mm -hmm. So seven years ago, um, so it was 27 when I moved to Texas. So 27 and 28 is when I was doing mm -hmm. full-time ministry and then kind of starting this as my side hustle, if you will, during mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. And then 29, 28, 29 is when I really just took this thing full-time for the, um, you know, for the last uh, little bit. And even then I was kind of like playing around with it for the first couple of years because I was making enough and just trying to travel and doing it. And then I would say for like the last three, three and a half years is where I really started to hunker down and scale this model and do something that mm -hmm. can, you know, really be significant. Great. Um, so let's talk more about your company and what you do day to day. Um, how did you start this financially? Where are you at financially now? Like, you know, are you profitable? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, so um, one thing that I always tell any, you know, young person or entrepreneur is like, you have to learn to sell. So I did an interview, uh, an e uh, a, a text interview with um, Embark here, and maybe I can get a copy of that to you. But, you know, yeah. uh, Lakshmi asked me like, hey, what's the number one advice you'd give to a young or early stage company? And I would say, learn how to sell. Like, no matter where you're at, learn how to monetize what it is that you're doing and create revenue. So Brave Freight has always been debt free. I took $40,000 from what I saved from doing um, sales. And, uh, you know, I started this company, I really knew what my profit point was. And it, it forced me right from the beginning to figure out how to be able to make money. I wasn't using other people's money. I wasn't using other investors money. I just didn't, I just used my own money. And, um, you know, I had to be able to make it work. And yeah, so we're totally profitable right now. We've, you know, gangbuster. We just had our biggest week last week. We did $150,000 in revenue last week. Wow. Uh, ever since COVID ended, we've been like, it's been nuts. So we never hit $100,000 in a week up until uh, like two weeks after COVID. And then for the last eight or nine weeks, we've done $100,000 in mm -hmm. volume every week besides one week. And this mm -hmm. is the first week we broke 150. So we should be getting to probably 200,000 in the next, mm -hmm. I would say six to eight, mm -hmm. uh, six to eight. So that'll put mm -hmm. us for this year about 5 million in revenue, 6 million in revenue. Okay. And, wow. um, you know, I think, you know, the goal is to, you know, get to 10 million for sure next year. I mean, if we can close out at 200,000 a week on average at the end of this year, that'll put us in pace to be able to do 10 million in revenue next year. Mm -hmm. so, wow. Congratulations. That's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I love, I love hearing um, entrepreneurs talk about what their, their story is because it really does look different. I mean, I've interviewed people and of course, as I've grown in this company and as I've, inter as I've interviewed people, you know, sometimes I, I'll just assume that they are profitable, even if they've had a company yeah. for several years. And it just, I mean, it's very individualized. It's very different for each, each person. And so I, I'm happy to hear that for you. Thanks, yeah. um, tell us more about the company itself. So what, 
do you do day to day? Sure. So um, it kind of changes. So one of the goals that I made in the beginning while I was building this model, because one thing that I would say is like as a CEO and as a business owner, like you have to be thinking um, scalability and you have to be thinking like, okay, how do I free up my time? So just understand there's always is a difference between working on your business and working in your business. And the more time that you can spend working on your business as opposed to in your business, the more you're gonna be able to grow your company and make it more efficient. So everything that I did about really in the last three and a half years has been about systematizing my business Mm -hmm. and about uh, being able to delegate those tasks to other people. So one thing I didn't mention that I think would be good to know is that Um, I actually worked at California pizza kitchen in my early years while I was building this Mm -hmm. company. So, uh, this was my side hustle and I'm serving pizzas. Now keep in mind, this is after I made $160,000 in four months, several years. Um, I left that to work at California pizza kitchen and build this Mm -hmm. business. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, once we started to get to a point where I can like semi start to afford to other people. I was actually happy to be able to pay somebody else to do work because my time is more valuable than money because money Mm -hmm. will run out. But if I can create more time for myself, then I'll be able to be able to be more efficient with it. So I have a good friend of mine. He owns carpooltables.com. He's the only licensed Chevy and Ford um, vehicle reseller. He makes pool tables that look like cars. So check him out. He does. He's actually cool. the second most expensive item in Costco. So it's cool stuff. Mario Andretti pool table, really cool stuff. <laughs> no way. So, okay. Yeah, it's really neat. So um, he says, you know, what can you do to make more money? And my philosophy is what can you do to make more time? So um, now, right now with our business, I actually have three companies that all kind of work together. So okay. I have Brave Freight, which is our bread and butter. And then Max is a sister company to Brave Freight in the niche of trucking that we do. They kind of like serve each other, um, but they provide separate roles. Brave Freight works more with owner operator truck drivers. So guys who own and operate their own trucks. And then what brokers do is they handle the customers, like the actual manufacturers. And they so I have those two companies. And then the reason we're in Embark is that they're helping me build a SaaS that's going to serve the carrier market. So we're building mm-hmm. a software solution for carriers because there's not really anything okay. that does what we need it to do. So really Great. right now I'm spending a lot of my time uh, spinning plates. That's what I say. It's like I have all these yeah. plates that I'm spinning, right? And mm-hmm. right now I try to spend most of my time focusing on the development side and making workflow as efficient as possible, finding what tasks can be automated, where are we spending the most amount of time with the least amount of results, mm-hmm. how can I automate things, create systems around that, remove parts. I call it ESAT, eliminate, streamline, automate, delegate. So that's what I'm doing is like mm-hmm. finding those areas in my business to cut the, you know, cut those items down. Mm-hmm. I love that, Troy. I, I mean, what you just shared, um, thank you for sharing all of that. One thing that really stood out to me is what can you do to make more time? To me, yeah. that really resonates because that's something that I struggle with. That's something that I think everyone in this, doesn't matter what, what industry you're in, everyone struggles with that. And so, like you said, if you know, you're willing to spend a little more to get more time, you'll end up being more profitable in the end. So, and it sounds like you found that. Um, so I am mindful of our time. So I'm going to wrap up with a few more questions. Um, the next one is kind of a two part question. And I believe you've probably touched on a few of these things. So out of your whole career, you know, your 10 plus young professional career, um, over the last 10 plus years, what has been your biggest hardship 
And then the second part to that question is, you know, what do you wish you would have known in the early part of your career? Sure. I think that, you know, I have to say, I, I'm like very grateful for this journey so far. And, you know, God's really preserved my marriage and my family. I've always uh, put a standard on my priorities in life. So thankfully, things have never gotten you know, wild and out of control. Like I've always kept, you know, God number one, my family number two, and then my business uh, number three. So I think that that's really allowed me to avoid having hardships that a lot of other people experience. I have, you know, date days every day, every week with my wife. I spend, you know, specific time with my kids every single week. Um, but I would say that the hardest part or the most challenging part um, behind all of it is just learning to just kind of like emotionally weather the ups and the downs of being in business and just trying to stay even keeled through all of that and just like staying focused on what the long-term goals are. Um, yeah, I would just say like just not allowing little, little elements to, to rock you out, you know, like there's things that probably really ticked me off three years ago that I couldn't even remember. And I was probably ticked off for days and I don't know what they are right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So just keeping that in perspective and, and keeping that balance, I would say, and then what I would tell myself now uh, to my young professional self, like if I could rub wine back the clock, I would tell myself to buy Bitcoin, <laughs> a lot of it. No. <laughs> But uh, in seriousness, I would say is like manage expectations. Like that would be a big thing as I would say is, is manage expectations of your customers and of your clients and as well as all the people that you work with and not just expectations of like the results that you they're expecting to have, but also the work ethic that's required to attain those results. That's one thing that we've built into our model with our truck drivers now is what are your expectations? Are they realistic expectations? And are you willing to do the work to be able to reach those goals that you have and we're willing to create fair expectations but you have to be willing to play your part to be able to reach those expectations right mm -hmm. so I think managing proper expectations both what people get and what they have to do to get it and what you have to do to give that I think just managing those expectations mm -hmm. is helps create a really good customer experience and uh, you know it helps it helps build you know better long longevity with your customers and with your clients. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end the interview because, again, it's not something that's just specific to your industry. Managing expectations is something that you need to know in any industry at any age, and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. So I think that's um, great words to end with. Thank you so much for your time today, Troy. How can we, how can we find you? Uh, yeah, so Instagram, Troy Brave. You can find me on LinkedIn, Troy Bravenbore. Um, yeah, hit me up, whatever. Talk to me. I'm always uh, chatting with people and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in helping this generation and helping you guys. So whatever you need, uh, reach out, let me know. Awesome. Thanks, Troy.